Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Thank you so much, Ben. You guys are anointed. Thank you guys so very much. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 25. And uh, before we read this passage of Scripture, I want to talk to you today about something that will be challenging. Uh, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to, uh, with this word this morning, I'm going to endeavor to make you upset, get you mad a little bit. But hopefully you take that anger and you turn it into action. And so that's my goal this morning is to really challenge you. And finish this statement for me, if you don't mind. Finish this statement. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Don't you hate it when someone wastes your time? Don't you, doesn't it despise you when your time is unfruitful and wasted and you're just like, my goodness, I can't believe you wasted my time. I remember one particular time I was thinking about this this week. And this particular time, I was a single guy living in an apartment complex, and I met a friend. I had just moved to Charlotte. I had met a friend who was introducing me to people that was uh, getting me acclimated with the city, so where, where people were playing basketball or some good friends that enjoyed sports like I did. And this particular time, I lived in North Charlotte in the university area, and he lived in South Charlotte. He said, drive down to my house. And what we'll do, there was a fight that night. We can ride together to a friend's house for the fight. And I said, okay, you know, that sounds great. I'll drive down. So, you know, I took the long haul in my 1994 Honda Accord. Hallelujah. It was paid for. Glory be to God. And I took that long haul down to South Charlotte. And I met him at his house. And once we jumped in his vehicle, we drove to the place that we were going to watch a fight at. And he was going to introduce me to a couple of friends. And the place ended up being in the exact same apartment complex that I lived in. I was so upset that I could have just walked to the place was, but instead I drove all the way back. So after the fight was over, I couldn't just go home. I got to go get my car. So I had to ride all the way back to South Charlotte with him. And, you know, these fights don't end at like 1, 2 in the morning on the East Coast. And I had to drive all the way back. And I felt like all of this was wasted time. And finish this statement for me. Time is money. Time is money. And when you're wasting time, you're wasting money. How many of you ever wasted money? I mean, you guys, you know what I'm talking about, where you're like, how in the world did I waste that money. I have an embarrassing story. One time I wasted money. I asked a guy to book a trip for me. This is embarrassing. I said, book a trip for me. I knew a guy that, that knew that booked trips and he did. He booked the trip for me and he did it on Priceline. And for some reason, I, I guess I forgot that I asked him to book it and I booked the trip. So I booked a, a, a hotel and a car through Priceline and he did it already for me. And so Priceline has that, you know, the price lock, right, and guarantee it's unrefundable. And so I called him. I said, listen, I booked this, and I had to, I've already been booked. You can see both of them right here. They did not get rid of the other booking. They said, there's nothing we could do. The price is locked. 
I said, no, you can see there's two different same dates. I fought and fought and fought. I wasted time and money. I never got my money back for doing that. And it was it was my fault. But it was like, gosh, I wasted money. And the feeling that you get when you waste money and the feeling that you have when you waste time. And I've gotten to the point that wasting time is worse than wasting money. I would rather save uh, I would rather spend money to save time. I'm to that point. I don't have time to be working on my car. I just would rather spend the money to save the time because I don't know what I'm doing. Because once you lose time, uh, you're losing a part of your life. I mean, you can't get time back. You can get money back, but you can't get time back. And whatever you do with a little bit of time and a little bit of money means a whole lot to God. Whatever you do with a little bit of time and a little bit of money tells God a whole lot. And so we are going to take some time this morning and we're going to go verse by verse through the parable of the talents. And you're going to see that time and money is essential to our stewardship. Time and money is essential to how God views our production. Time and money is essential to our life. And so we're going to see in the parable of the talents, verse by verse, the importance of how we're spending our time and money. And pick up with me at verse 14, Matthew 25 and verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So understand, Jesus is describing how the kingdom of heaven operates. And here is his parable. Here's his example. There's a man that's traveling far away, and he's going to deliver goods. That word goods is money. He's going to deliver money to his servants. Look at verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Now, this is so very important because everyone receives something, but not equally. Everyone receives something, but not equally. And this is why it's so important that you cannot compare your life to another person's life. Mm. You cannot compare whatsoever because someone may have received more than you. Someone may have had a head start. Someone may have uh, got, got, got something that you don't know of why they look like they're ahead of you. You can never compare because when you compare, you belittle. And when you compare, you literally say, God has not done enough for me. And each one was given these talents, watch this, not according to the color of their skin, not according to their good looks, but according to their ability. Now, now this, this speaks volumes to me because this talent, this money, this gift that were given unto them was according to their capacity to receive, their capacity to do, their competence, their talent, and or their calling. Oh, you can't compare callings, church. You can't look at yourself and compare what someone else is doing to what you're doing because someone might have been given more than you. But that's okay because, listen, uh, but 
I have to say this. People think God is fair. God is not fair. God is just, but he's not fair. Everybody doesn't get everything equally. It's according to your ability. And so they received, one received five, one received two, one received one, all according to their ability. Look at verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Let's pause there. Well, let's go to verse 17. And likewise, he who had received two talents gained two more talents. So understand, the one that received five and the one that received two, they went to work. They, 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 they produced. There was action. As soon as they received the talents, there was action. They did their work promptly. They did their work with perseverance. They did their work successfully, and they were ready to give an account. They went to work. We've received these talents and we're going to go to work because we understand that the master wants us to produce. The master wants us to bear fruit. The master wants us to have some resemblance of receiving the grace gift that they have been given. And so they immediately went to work. The one with five didn't complain. or I'm sorry, the one with two didn't complain about the one that had five and say it's not fair. No, they went to work. The, the, the one, the, the, you know, they didn't look at each other and say, well, why do you have this and why do you get that much? No, no. They went to work because they understood that it was given to them according to their ability. But look at verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. The one that received one talent, he did nothing. Nothing at all. And the title of this message today is Wasted Talent. Wasted talent. He did nothing at all. He took that talent, he dug in the ground and buried it and did nothing at all. And look at verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now watch this. After a long time. Somebody say a long time. After a long time. That means there's a lot of opportunity. The master was gone a long time, so there was a lot of opportunity to do something with what God has given you. After a long time, he came back to settle accounts. That means he came back to ask the question, what did you do with what I gave you? Or, or, it's, or it's, you know, back when I was growing up, you know, the phrase was ante up. It's time to ante up, you know. <laughs> what did you do with what I gave you? Come on, I need to see some results and notice here in uh, verse 20, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, I delivered, no, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Pause and look at me. This is an individual judgment. It's not a collective judgment. The master came back and judged the man that received five talents individually. See, a lot of times we want to be judged collectively when we are truly judged individually. Don't take your mind off of this parable, which has everything to do with Jesus coming back and our response to what God has been given us when it's when it's any up time when it's time to settle accounts. 
So he was judged individually. He said, look, I had five talents. I traded. I went into action. I produced and I worked and I have brought five more talents to the table. And the Lord said to him, well done. Well done. A couple weeks ago, I don't know if I told y'all this, but I was making steak on the grill and I asked Stacy how she liked her steak. She said, I like the steak the same way that, that the Lord told the man in the talents when he produced five more talents. I said, what is that? She said, well done. I said, okay, well done. Good and faithful. Now, these are two adjectives describing the man that produced good and faithful. And then he said something powerful to him after that. He says, you were faithful over a little bit. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of, the, of, of your Lord. I'm excited. But you were faithful over a little. What you do with a little time and a little money means a lot to our heavenly father. You were faithful with a little. And I'm going to watch this. I'm going to increase you and you shall receive more. And then the one, look at verse 22. And he who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Look at me. They both received well done, good and faithful servant. But one of them had five talents. He got the same response as the one that got two talents. Now, this is so very important because this will tell you to stop looking at what everybody else is doing and to start looking at what has God given me and what am I supposed to do with what he's given me? Because if you do with what you're supposed to do with what he's given you, and if you think Billy Graham got well done, good and faithful servant, guess what you're going to get as well? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the few that I have given you. The same response that whoever you think has accomplished a lot in the earth. If you do with what God has given you and you work it and you produce it and you manifest the production of your labor, you're going to get well done, good and faithful service. Somebody say good and faithful. Now understand this, that faithful means loyal, consistent, reliable, but it also means true to the original, true to the original. And they receive praise. The one with five that produced five more, the one with two that produced two more, they received praise from their master and they received a promise of future blessing. They received praise and a promise for future blessing. But look at verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Look at verse 25. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And we need to talk about this man for a second. 
First of all, he calls the master, what does he say? He said, uh, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you've not sown. Some translation said a rough man, a tough man. His, his image, his view of the master doesn't seem consistent with the view from the one that got five and the one that got two. I mean, they received praise. They did exactly, they were faithful to the true and did exactly what the master wanted them to do. But this man had a distorted view of the master. And this is what he says. He says, and I was afraid in verse 25. I was afraid. It, it sounds like this man with his distorted view, he got some bad information about the master and his bad information caused bad action. Or let me say it this way, inaction. The bad information caused inaction. And he said to the, to the man in verse 25, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid. And what did that fear cause him to do? Nothing. Just simply take the talent and bury it. And he says, I was afraid. Now, this is interesting because, first of all, he was not afraid of the master because he was bold with the master. He told him straight up, I was afraid. And I went and hid it. Here, here you, matter of fact, here you go. You can have it back. So he wasn't afraid of the master. What is he afraid of? I submit to you that he's afraid of failure. He's afraid to fail. So instead of using his God-given gifts and doing what, what the Lord has appointed him to do, his fear caused inaction and he did nothing. He was afraid of failure and he thought that his little bit of talent was not much. It couldn't make much of a difference. So instead, he did nothing with it because he didn't think he could make a difference. There are many of us in this place that if we can't do it on a certain level, we won't do it at all. And that's hiding your talent. That's digging a hole in the ground and saying, if I can't, if I can't, uh, you know, write this book and be a bestseller, then I ain't going to write the book. That's hiding it, your talent in the ground and doing nothing. Well, it, you know what? If I can't do what, um, what, what I see that guy that I respect do it, then I'm not going to do nothing at all. Hiding your talent, digging a hole in the ground and producing nothing at all. Many of you know I've written two books. I don't have a massive following. I don't have uh, thousands of people uh, flock in to hear me preach every week. I don't have that. But God told me to write books. So I'm doing what God's telling me to do. I'm action producing and books came out. Why? Because God told me to. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, he's going to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. See, what happened is there's got to be manifestation of the gift that God has given you. You've got to give God back more than he gave you. Yep. That's, so good. That's what faithful is all about. 
Giving God back more than he gave you. When God told us to start True Life Fellowship Church, we didn't have no money at all. We didn't have no building. We, we, I mean, we had the garrisons and, uh, and the gathers and Drew was with us there. And, and we didn't have, we didn't have a lot. But now you look back over time when God says, hey, it's time for you to go home, Devon. I can say, look what we have done with the talent that you've given us, we have given back more than what he gave us. And this is what this man didn't do. He just gave it back. And he thought he was right about it. And it was only because of his fear of failure. I'm talking to somebody here today. God has called you to do something very specific because you're scared to step out and do it. You think you're going to fall flat on your face. You ain't going to do it. You are literally burying the talent underneath the surface and you're doing nothing with it whatsoever. It's time to do something. Come on, somebody shout, do something. Do something. It don't have to. Everything starts small. Every, you started small. Everything starts with a seed. You started as a seed. Everything starts small. And everything grows little by little by little by little. There is no such thing as I, one day I was laying in the bed, the next day I was a movie star. No such thing. Or whatever. The next day I was a talented musician. No. Next thing I was a bestseller. No such thing. Little by little by little by little. And what you do with a little tells God a lot. I know, I, I hope y'all still love me. I'm going to get on you today and I'm going to challenge you today and I hope there's still love. I love you. Okay, okay. And so he says here in, in verse 25, let me read it again. I was afraid, not of the master. I wasn't afraid of the master. I was afraid of failure because I didn't think I could make much of a difference. So I was afraid. And so what I did is I hid the talent. Uh, and look, no matter of fact, you can, you can have it right on back. Look at verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Now, pause here. Everybody else got good and faithful. This man got wicked and lazy. Wicked means distorted. I believe this man had a distorted view of the master. I believe this man had a wicked, twisted understanding of the character of the master. And you see here, he calls him lazy because he had the ability to do more. He had the ability. That's why he received the talent, because he had the ability. And it was after a long time, which means he had the opportunity he had the ability and the opportunity to do more with what God had given him. And he did nothing. And he received wicked and lazy as his adjectives, a description of who he was. And look at verse 27. He said, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Take a look at this. He was so afraid of failure that he didn't even put the money in the bank. 
This is what fear will do for you. Fear will cause you to start making bad decisions. I mean, just the good decision was right there in front of him. Just stick the money in the bank and, you know, and get some interest back. I mean, do a little bit of something to get some kind of return. No, he was confused, wicked, and lazy. And his master was, was literally like, you could have just put it in the bank, but he was so blinded by fear of failure that he couldn't even make a simple decision. And look at verse 28. The master says, therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. This is a powerful statement. Take it from him. And give it to somebody that's going to do something with it. Well, I don't understand why I'm always broke, busted and disgusted. What are you doing with what you got? And if you ain't doing nothing with what you got, it will be taken. And given to someone that's going to do something with it and be productive and be faithful. Somebody say, do something. something. Say it again. Do something. something. One more time. Do Do something. Now, I used to think it's okay to simply just say, do something until I started really looking at this word faithful. And this word faithful means, what did we say? I said, I mean, I wrote it down because it was really good. We said faithful meant true to the original, true to the original. And so when the master called the one who had five talents faithful and the one who had two talents faithful because they produced, he was saying it was true to the original or simply you did what I would do if I was in your situation. You did what I would do. Faithful. You're going to do what I would do with the money. But then he called this man wicked and lazy, and we could say he was unfaithful. You didn't do what I would do with the money. My question to you is, will you do what God will do with the time that you have? If you do what God would do with the time that you have, good and faithful servant. But if you don't do what God would do with the time you have, wicked and lazy. Would you do what God would do with the money you have? If you do what God would do with the money you have, good and faithful. If you don't do what God would do with the money you have, wicked and lazy. This should challenge you to say, am I true to the original with my God-given money, time, and everything else that God has blessed me with? Am I good and faithful with it? Or if I'm not, I'm going to be considered lazy. And that word lazy means unwilling to work or to produce. You're unwilling. And I love the definition of lazy. It's not like you're accidentally lazy. It's, it's, it's an unwillingness. It's an attitude. It's, it's choosing. I'm choosing to sleep all day long and be lazy. I'm choosing not to be productive with what God has given me. I'm choosing, if God has said, this is what I want you to do, I'm choosing not to do that because, in essence, I'm wicked and lazy. I have a distorted view of who God is. I'm fearful because I'm scared of the repercussions where failure is concerned. And I found this out in my 43 years of living on this earth. I found out that most people are risk adverse. If there's any risk, I don't want to do anything. 
And everything great starts with some type of risk. Some, I mean, even faith. If you're going to really walk by faith, there's an element of risk involved. If I'm going to really walk by faith and not by sight, I'm going to really ignore my five physical senses and I'm going to walk by faith and my confidence in God. There is an element of risk involved. You think Peter, when he stepped out the boat, Jesus said to him, come. He said, if it bid you, you know, there's a storm going on. Peter and the disciples are in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water and the storm and wind and waves is going. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. You think, uh, and Jesus said, come. You think Peter didn't have no risk involved? I mean, he's literally getting ready to walk on the water. There's going to be a risk involved. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, that's when he began to sink. But he walked on that water, sure enough. He walked on the water. He took a risk. And too often, you and I are risk adverse. Well, if there's any risk, I, I don't want to do it. I might lose a, li- lose a little sleep. Don't want to do it. I might lose a little money. Don't want to do that. I remember as a, when I was single, I was living in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, the Lord had been talking to me about that my time in Fort Worth was coming to an end. And at the time, when I was a single guy, I, I always hung out in groups. I, I, I just It was just, you know, groups, me and a couple of guys, you know, everywhere. We went, we went to the movies. We went, we went everywhere together, groups of guys, and hung out with them. And the Lord spoke to me one particular time. I kid you not. And there was a movie I wanted to see. The group, we couldn't get the time when the group was going to meet. And... Uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, go to movies by yourself. Now, that was unheard of, right? right? Who goes to the movies by themselves? Go to movies by yourself. And I'm like, what? Nobody does that. Those people don't have no friends, you know, they go to the movies. And so I, I said, you know, and I went to the movies by myself. That was just a little start. And then I, I wanted to go eat. And I heard him say, go eat by yourself. Well, I went to Chili's this one particular time with to eat by myself. And, and, and I went several times, but I'm thinking about this one time in Chili's. Uh, uh, this, 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 what I'm about to tell you has nothing to do with the message, but I'm going to tell you anyway. When I went by myself, I got approached by some young ladies. I said, nah, you know what? I'm eating by myself. <laughs> I said, I, 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 no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want a company. I'm eating by myself. I just want to be myself. Then the Lord told me. He said, go to Creflo Dollar Single Conference. He had a singles conference. Go by yourself. I mean, that meant getting on the airplane, flying to Atlanta, getting my own hotel all by myself. And then it reached the move to Charlotte. I moved to Charlotte by myself. Packed up, came out here, moved out here by myself. All of those had some risk involved. When I got out here by myself, didn't know anyone, I started meeting people. And met my wife, glory to God, kids, all that. God has been faithful and good to me. But it starts with taking a risk. And for me, it started just going to the movies by yourself. One simple step, going to the movies by yourself. Led me to move to Charlotte by myself, which led me to walk away from a six-figure paying job and resigning from it. No, I'm not bragging on me. I'm telling you that when you confront risk with faith, you'll see the results of what happens and led led us to start the church, so on and so forth. You guys know the story. Most of us are too risk adverse to do 
anything good for the Lord. Well, I don't know. I, That's good. I, just, I just don't know. I might, I might lose some money. Yep. Yeah, you might. Y'all might lose some sleep. Yep. Yep. You, you might lose some sleep. I just don't know. If I go on that date, you know, I, I don't know. He might be the one. See, that's another thing. I got to say it. Some of y'all are, are have fear of success. There's another fear called fear of success. This actually might work. But I don't want to do it because I don't know how to handle it if it works. How do I handle it? I don't know. And so I don't want to do anything because it actually might actually work. You're hiding the gift, the talent that God has given you. And you dug a hole in the ground and you did nothing because of your fear of success. I'm preaching better than you shouting, but I didn't expect you to shout this morning. Glory to God. Look at verse 28, Matthew 25, 28. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has no, who has 10 talents. And look at verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Everyone who uses what they have will get more. That's what that verse is saying. Everyone who uses what they have been given will get more. This is this is the concept. Biblical concept of progression. Using what you have, being faithful with little, using what you have, being faithful with the little, using what you have, being faithful with the little is the principle where God increases you and gives you the ability to have more. Be faithful with that raggedy car you're driving. Be faithful. Keep it clean. Vacuum it out. Change the oil. Be faithful. God's going. God is seeing. He's surveying your ability to see, can you handle more? Be faithful with what you have now. Be faithful with what God's given. It could be a little raggedy home. Be faithful with that and watch God look at that and bless you. Be faithful with the kids you have. Be faithful with the, with the food you're eating. Be faithful in every area of your life. And the principle is God will give you more. You will be a candidate to receive more. And at the end of the day, after a long time, you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. I wrote this statement down that I want you to to hear me say. I think it's so good. It says here, Our readiness for Jesus's return is determined by our stewardship. Our readiness for Jesus's return is determined by our stewardship. What are you doing with a little bit of time and a little bit of money? Can you give back to God more than he's given you. And these are questions you need to ask yourself. Can I give back to God more than he's given me? That's what faithfulness is all about. On your your job, this is how you start. If you leave your job, God calls you to do something, you leave your job, will the people 
that you work with say, man, we really miss that person. Or, or, or they say, oh, man, we're so glad that that thorn in the flesh is out of here. I tell you what, that raggedy thing, I'm glad they're gone. I hope they left two years ago. That, that, that's a determination of, of your faithfulness. Uh, will, I be, will I be missed? One of the, 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 the best things I heard when I left, I used to work for Home Depot years ago, and I ended up leaving Home Depot, and I, they, they called me to come back to work. That was one of the best feelings I ever came. Come on back. We, we need you to come on back. Come on back. Now I need to I need to move on and do some other things. But that 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 was something like I want to be considered faithful. I want them to I want to give back more than than I was given. I, I, I want to make an impact. I want to influence and stop waiting on doing it at this grand large scale. Just do it where you are. You know, oh man, I, I want to start, I want to learn how to the cook. Man. Cook you some waffles. And all you got to do is stick in the toaster and push down on the toaster biter. <laughs> start where you are. I want to learn how to play the keyboard. Didn't start. I, I want to learn how to swim. You got to take some swimming lessons. Give back what more than what God has given you is the moral of the story. Now look at verse 30 and I'll end it here. And he says, cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Literally, he called the one man that he surveyed his ability. The man that he looked at and said, you have the capacity to produce, but you did nothing with it. He called him unprofitable. And then he cast him out. He cast him out. He rebuked him because he did nothing. Will you do? Everything that God's telling you to do in the way he wants you to do it with the abilities that you have. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.